If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. We are off and running on a Wednesday night. Conference tournaments are in full effect. Upsets galore, buzzer beaters, meltdowns. But before we get into any of that, hello, sir. How are you? Woo! Man, I have I have never had my Twitter account blow up that much before. <laughs> And it wasn't because anything I said or did, thankfully. Uh, it was because this guy right here, Mr. Partner in Crime, Sean King. Uh, you know, I'm going to stop calling you former Super Bowl champion and start news breaker. So uh, if you missed it, it's uh, at as of this point, this has now been retweeted over 1,200 times today. This was the tweet earlier today. By the way, Sean did not alert me of this, so I just <laughs> had my phone like ding, 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 ding. Hearing if things go well on Friday, that is what, the grand jury? Yes, uh, the grand jury hearing and a deposition in the civil case. Deshaun Watson to the Steelers is happening soon after. Floor is yours, sir. Uh... What have you heard, and uh, what are the expectations about Deshaun Watson heading to the Steel City? Well, the bat phone and the bat email. I woke up this morning and had messages on both. 
that uh, the interest is mutual and that uh, Deshaun Watson has a no-trade clause in his contract, but Pittsburgh is his desired destination if he can find clarity uh, with his legal situation. So, as we know, Pittsburgh is in a situation where they need a quarterback as well. They're in the market for one. Uh, I think from a draft asset standpoint, Pittsburgh will have to get creative. I think the player or players they could send back are far more impactful and significant than what Denver sent to Seattle, which, in my opinion, lessens the need for the amount of draft assets that Seattle was able to acquire for Russell Wilson. So, again, this starts with Friday, and uh, hopefully uh, things go well and we find some clarity. And I was told that soon thereafter there could be an announcement that Deshaun Watson will be the next quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So if all goes well, and and once again, uh, there's – a lot that needs to go well. So that is the big if, and that's what you pointed out. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, there's a there's a big caveat here, but if all goes well, as you pointed out, to your point, the uh, the draft pick compensation is, is fascinating, right? Because Russell Wilson, uh, Seattle was able to get the ninth pick. Right, so you're including a top 10 pick Pittsburgh, as one of your two number ones. Pittsburgh's, Pittsburgh's not going to be in the top 15 hardly ever, especially right. if they acquire... Deshaun Watson. So right. So if you're Houston, you're sitting there, and you know you've got a a twenty. What is he? Twenty six now. Mm-hmm. In his prime. Twenty six, twenty seven. Didn't play. Didn't play last year. Obviously, with everything that was going on. But the year prior, even though with the record, I mean, he was phenomenal uh, that year. And he's an elite quarterback. Uh, you know, I I have said as much. Many others have said as much. So it, it, it will be interesting to see how Pittsburgh if everything goes well, how they would go and get him. Because, I mean, I guess Washington, with their move today, which we can get to a little bit later, uh, is out of the Deshaun Watson business? Well, I think from a salary cap standpoint, they... They took on $28 million today. And, you know, the other side of the actual Carson Wentz deal is, think about this. As good as the Indianapolis Colts are, the NFL just allocated $25 extra million to each team's salary cap for this upcoming free agency. That was unexpected, and the Colts get all of Carson Wentz's salary cap uh, money off their books, so they will be very active in free agency from what I've been told. But going back to Deshaun Watson, I think it's a perfect fit. You know, I think Pittsburgh is the organization that has the structure, the continuity that can handle someone that's coming in with whether you think he's innocent, guilty, or somewhere in the middle, uh, someone that may be coming in with some public baggage I should say and uh, he's a perfect fit in my opinion so I think that move makes the NFL better I hope it happens again it's a national football league so nothing is ever 100% until it's actually done and uh, I know there are some reports out of Pittsburgh by uh, some of the local reporters that people within the organization said that there is no interest but if you go back to the initial press conferences held at the Indianapolis Combine Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks were asked directly about Russell Wilson, and they said Russell Wilson is not on the trade block and he will will be the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. And as we know now, he is the next quarterback of the Denver Broncos. So we'll follow this story closely. You know, again, it's a huge if, but the criminal and civil side of the Deshaun Watson situation both have things that occur Friday that could provide clarity, not just for Deshaun, but also for the NFL so that he can move on and move forward with his career. Now, this could go bad, and if that happens, then, you know, all the chips are now off the table. So, where we sit right now, 
Um, and you know, with with your knowledge of of the potential here, would you recommend? I just looked it up. Looked at a couple books on my uh, on my phone here in Vegas. Uh, we have the the DraftKings traffic that's sixty to one here in town. You can go to the Westgate Superbook, get it eighty to one for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, in your opinion, if this trade were to happen, does Deshaun Watson make the Pittsburgh Steelers an immediate Super Bowl contender? Absolutely. I mean, there are only a collection of guys that are currently playing in the National Football League that are elite from a talent and production and accomplishment standpoint at the quarterback position, and Deshaun Watson is in that group. Uh, He's just as good, if not better, than Josh Allen. He's just as good, if not better, than Patrick Mahomes. Now, of course, Mahomes has a championship, so, you know, that separates him from the other two, but in a conference now that just added Russell Wilson, the Steelers can say we have one of the top quarterbacks in the National Football League. And I think that's huge because when you look at the rest of their roster, understanding that if this manifests itself and, and becomes something that actually, you know, goes down shortly uh, this weekend or early next week, of course there's someone on that Pittsburgh roster that would have to go back in exchange for Deshaun. But, I mean, you tell me you wouldn't be fired up to see Deshaun Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow in the same division. <laughs> now, ultimately, uh, the little brother gets put in the corner and not allowed to play again. I'm talking to you, Cleveland Browns, because all of a sudden they would fall to the fourth most likely team, you know, to have success in that division. But to answer your question, today I went out, I made a uh, futures bet yeah. on the Steelers to win the division, the Steelers to win the conference, and the Steelers to win the actual Super Bowl. Now, they still have to get it done, but I made those wagers because – if when this happens, those odds will drop drastically. We're going to talk about the Washington football team and their acquisition of Carson Wentz, and their odds have gone down. And Deshaun Watson, you know, I don't think anybody would argue with this, is a, a much better quarterback than Carson Wentz. Do you think, let's say it goes well tomorrow or Friday, and this trade ultimately does happen, and he is a Pittsburgh Steeler, do you think the NFL, because remember, the NFL didn't step in last year. They didn't suspend mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson. They have not ruled on him yet. Do you think a suspension could be coming for Deshaun Watson from the league? Well, not if it goes well Friday. You know, if it goes bad, then Deshaun Watson probably won't be playing anywhere in the National Football League, you know, next year or potentially ever again. So if it goes well, I don't think so. I think the fact that the NFL has not already stepped in and issued discipline speaks to the fact that This is not a simple black and white. It seems to be a lot of gray involved. I think there's a lot of civil litigation that people are trying to, you know, find some medium, you know, some compromise on. So, you know, we'll see how it goes Friday. You know, I hope for the women involved and for Deshaun that they can find some closure, you know, as soon as possible because it's got to be extremely difficult for both sides, you know, when you go through something like this. So, you know, we'll see. But I do think it catapults Pittsburgh if it happens you know, to the elite parts of that division. You're talking about a roster now that got to the playoffs last year with an, as anybody that watches the game would say, great player throughout his career, but a guy well past his prime and Ben Roethlisberger. You put a young, athletic, gifted player like Deshaun that's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder trying to prove that not only is he back, but he's back and better. You know, and I definitely like, you know, the prospectus of Steelers you know, potentially being a champion, whether it be division, conference, or even Super Bowl. 
Yeah. Just think about if this were to unfold and Deshaun Watson would end up in Pittsburgh, the AFC <laughs> North, the AFC West, with those star-studded teams and the worst quarterbacks in those two divisions would be Baker Mayfield, a former number one pick, and Derek Carr, who may get $40 million annually more than this offseason. Yeah, right? I more mean, than that. It, it's, it's wild. So, uh Kudos to you on on the news and uh, your phone start blow stop blowing up yet. Uh, my phone has never gone dead on me before. It actually went dead today. <laughs> I just would not stop. But again, like that's the beauty of the National Football League, and that's the passion that fan bases have, and especially when you're dealing with one with as that's as iconic as the Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, they were very vocal, and I think it was probably about sixty five thirty five in favor of the move if it actually happens. Yeah. <laughs> It was uh, it was something to see. Uh, I appreciate you tagging me in it because it was something to see. Uh, I get a text from our producer Aaron Oster. What did you do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, the uh, the tweets and the the mentions keep on coming. So we will see. And if it comes home, uh, it would be uh, it'd be quite the pull uh, by you. But there is uh, that that friction now because some of the reporters in Pittsburgh say this is not true. All I, I, w- all I would say is this. The Seattle Seahawks got in front of the podium at the combine and said Russell Wilson is not on the trade block. He will be a Seattle Seahawk. Will Deshaun Watson be a Steeler at some point? Sean thinks if things go well on Friday, could very well happen in the near future. Carson Wentz didn't see this one coming. Headed to the nation's capital. It's the nightcap here on Beast. Are you ready for a fresh start? We mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zen 10 challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 Challenge today at Zen.com slash 10. That's Z-Y-N.com slash 10. Zen Nicotine Pouches are for adults only, 21 and over, who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Conference tournaments galore, and uh, some of the, the lesser teams are, are playing these this evening, but uh, we do have Seton Hall. They're an NCAA tournament team taking on Georgetown uh, tonight, and uh, I'm a little ashamed to say it. I didn't tweet it out mm-hmm. just, just between us friends and, you know, all our listeners. I, I laid it with Seton Hall. Which, wow. Which seems like such a, a sucker play. I yeah, like, I took the money line. I was like nine and a half, yeah. and they just show the graphic. Georgetown's played up coach Georgetown, who has lost twenty straight games. Mm-hmm. Um, it just feels like they'll find a way to get in the back door. This will be annoyingly close, so I'm I'm sure I'm doomed because you know what? I bet on a terrible team earlier today. Oregon State didn't get it done, um, <laughs> but I did bet on. Uh, shout out 
real quickly before we get back into uh, some NFL news. Shout out to the Delaware State Hornets. Okay. Finished the season with a tough loss in the first round of the MEAC tournament, but the Delaware State Hornets, who won two games and both were non-division one, didn't win a game in conference play, but they made their alums a lot of money today. They went 11-2 and ATS down the stretch, Sean. Okay. Great job, Hornets. And uh, my guy, Adam Hill from the LVRJ, our guy. 2-26, and 26. shout out. And, hey, 11-2 and two down the stretch covering. Not sure. too shabby. Not too shabby. All right. Uh, we will get more college basketball thoughts, some buzzer beaters, some meltdowns, uh, some, some frustration maybe from Sean. Uh, we'll do that a little bit later on in the hour. Brad Evans is going to join us uh, at, uh, at the top of the hour. Jim Root will join us a little bit later on in the show. Also, we got the Players' Championship. Yes, we do. The fifth major. I can't wait. That's starting tomorrow. Oh, we got so close last week. You know? Oh, I, I played all of the names. But I, I, so what I did, so Billy Horschel was very close. Yeah, he, he, he boy, you're talking about just down his leg on Sunday. I mean, he shot 75. But all I He need, hadn't shot over 72. If he just shoots his regular, we win. But all I needed, see, I like playing. The um, top 10? I, I played him in a matchup. So I was oh. able to, I went one and one on my matchups. And, one, you know. You know, I'm like, going for the gusto. I know you are. See, that's that's the difference between you and I. Yeah, uh, I'm going for the gusto. We will, uh, we'll we'll uh, alert the people of some of the plays uh, from Wes and uh, from Mr. Humans uh, a little bit later. Steve Sands, though, will join us from the Golf Channel. Coming up, uh, bottom of the hour. But we just were talking about Sean's uh, news that Mm -hmm. he put out there about Deshaun Watson. And it looks like the Washington football team uh, is not in the Deshaun Watson business. Uh, As as Aaron got in my ear and he said, the commanders, uh, they're the Washington football team. I I, Duly noted. We knew what you were talking about. That that name is is hideous. Um, It is that. They traded for Carson Wentz. So Carson Wentz, uh, they swapped second-round picks, so that's like a change of seven picks, I think, because Washington was uh, picking whatever it was. It was a swap of second-round picks. A third-round pick this year goes to the Colts, and a third-round pick next year that could become a second-round pick if Carson Wentz plays 70% of the snaps. Oh, by the way, the Washington football team picks up Carson Wentz's stats. And my guy, Alan Berg, over at WinBet, <laughs> he, he is something, man. Because look at this graphic. All right, everyone stays status quo. DraftKings even dipped a little bit down to 40 to 1. And WinBet goes from <laughs> 16 to 1 to 75 to 1. <laughs> That's awesome. That is so oh, awesome. Oh, man. When they got Carson Wentz. Uh, the, the acquisition of Carson Wentz. Um, there was also an article today in The Athletic uh, basically discussing That's the fact funny. that they were going to uh, more or less release Carson Wentz. Uh, Washington has been desperate, right? The report was, oh, they've called every team out there, which was moronic. They didn't call every team out there. That was them trying to put out, oh, yeah, we, we tried. And they tried for Russell Wilson. Apparently, they offered a, a lot for, for Russell Wilson. What, what do you make of this move for Washington? So, I like it. I actually like it. I think Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. I just think the problem is, in his mind, he thinks he's an elite quarterback, and that makes his 
blow-ups fantabulous. Like, he has some of the most highlight-worthy turnovers that you've ever seen. But if you can get away from the bad Carson, which is so fascinating and entertaining to watch because, I mean, if you drew up, okay, how do you blow this game? Carson probably has a highlight, you know, to fit that description of what you're talking about. But when you look at the numbers, you're talking about a guy that's thrown for 140 touchdowns and 57 interceptions. And he's going to a place in Washington who was looking at coming back with Taylor Heineke, who had a full season this year, didn't play bad, but obviously didn't do enough to make that organization comfortable with him. So I think it's an upgraded quarterback. I also don't – I love the fact they didn't have to give up any of their first-round selections. And to be honest, for a guy that's thrown for 140 touchdowns and only 57 interceptions in this league, $28 million a year is really a bargain. You know, because I think Carson Wentz is on the same level as Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is making about 12 to 15 million more per year. I think he's on the same level as Derek Carr with the Raiders. Carr is potentially about to get 12 to 15 more per year. Per year. So I do think it's a very team-friendly contract, and I do think Carson is an upgrade. Now, does this upgrade the Washington chances of winning the NFC East? I'm not willing to go that far. I don't think they're an NFC title contender, and I definitely don't think they're a Super Bowl team, but it is an upgrade, and it did not prohibit them from a cap standpoint from going out and making some other moves. I don't hate the move. Um, I know Washington was hoping for a big splash. Uh, The problem is Russell Wilson wasn't coming to D.C., Aaron Rodgers wasn't coming to D.C. You know, these big-name guys weren't coming to Washington. Well, you're talking about an organization that's dealt with a lot of turmoil. Right. Just think about the last five years, and everything that's come out of that organization, for the most part, has been unscrupulous business practice, unscrupulous, uncomfortable, prohibited kind of working environment. Like, none of it has been, like, uh, positive messaging. So, Guys around the league don't want to put themselves, especially when you're at the point of your career, Carson Wentz, Russell Wilson are where, you know, you're still in the your prime, but you're on the back end of it. I mean, you just don't want to go have to deal with, you know, what seems like a lot of off-the-field turmoil. So I, I can see why guys, elite guys, would not want to go to Washington. Let me flip it, though. So we got Washington gets Carson Wentz. Now you're looking at the Indianapolis Colts who have nobody. Do Who do they go after? I think, and I said it a couple weeks ago, I think Kirk Cousins, in my opinion, I think Kirk Cousins is better than Carson Wentz. Now, you and I disagree. You think, I mean, I'm not saying he's, look, Kirk Cousins is not top eight in the league. I think at his peak, he's maybe fringe top 10. And at his worst, he's, you know, middle you know, middle of the road. I, I think he is an upgrade. And I think he will not make the massive mistakes that Carson Wentz made. And I think he would be an upgrade so, the problem is who brings, does who does the Col- who do the Colts now go after? As, well, no one's trading for for Cousins as Georgetown the, goes up eleven to four. I see I knew, that. What am I doing? Right. What did I do? Why did I do this? They're, this is idiotic. They're, they're trying to repeat. They're the defending uh, conference tourney champs. Uh, having said that, no one's trading for Kirk Cousins because of the contract. Like no one's going to acquire that level of contract for a guy that they know has limitations. And the one area that Carson is light years ahead of Cousins and Betters, he's just a much, much better athlete. So he does bring that added athletic aspect where he can extend plays with his mobility. He can pick up first downs, you know, running. 
So I, I, I think they're about the same. I, I think Kirk is a more consistent locator of the football. I think when they're at their very best throwing the ball, Kirk's probably slightly better. But uh, you can get Carson Wentz at 28 million. You can get Kirk at 40 plus. You know, I think that's a very easy decision. As far as where will the Colts go, you know, this gives them a lot of cap space. So they have room to make some moves. Um, I don't have any intel on what they're thinking, but I think the general manager and the owner allowed the head coach to do what he wanted to do at the quarterback position last year. It did not work. They weren't happy with Carson <laughs> Wentz, so I would feel very good in saying Frank Wright probably won't have a lot of say-so <laughs> whoever they decide to bring in. <laughs> but uh, You watched Hard Knocks. He talked <laughs> about how he – Pounded on the table. We got to go get Carson Wentz. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if uh, Frank Reich's going to be uh, be able to pound on the table all that much <laughs> anymore. The fifth major is what they call it. The Players' Championship gets going this weekend. Actually, tomorrow. We'll discuss it next. HL. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only 19 bucks. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts. That includes Greg Hoops-Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel. They include me on this read for some reason. We have insights on every key team conference and players to watch from the favorites to potential Cinderella's sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to VEASAN through April 5th for only 19 bucks head to VEASAN.com slash madness alongside former Super Bowl champ Sean King I am Tim Murray and uh, you know late last night because I've been so ingrained in you know random college basketball Colgate good win today um, I was like oh crap the fifth major the players is tomorrow it is let's get Steve Sands from the Golf Network on the Horn, who is a Washington Commanders fan, uh, a Terps fan. What did I say? Did I say Golf Network, Golf Channel? What? Steve, my my brain's all over. My my brain's scrambled, man. How how are you? I'm doing all right, but I saw that my team picks up Carson Wentz, and they go from sixty to one to seventy-five to one. <laughs> I'm trying to explain. You remember when you guys were kids? Like you know, I was a kid. I mean, not that sports doesn't mean as much now as it did then. But back when you when you were 21, 19, and 17, like my sons are, they live, live, live for the skin. And they're like, Dad, what does it mean when you go from that? But the oldest two are in college, so they gamble. <laughs> the oldest two are like trying to explain to the 17 year old when they go from 60 to one to 75 to one. That's a bad thing. He's trying to. He says it's love the number. And I'm like, no, no, no. So I'm having to explain to my 17-year-old. And then my wife is screaming at me because I'm trying to teach my son gambling. And it was a mess. It was a, it was a messy, messy conversation. Thank God you guys called. Yeah. My, uh, my, guy, uh, my guy, Alan Berg, over at Wynn, was, uh, was having some fun today. He was. Uh, adjusting the odds uh, in the, to the oh, north, God. to the north there. Uh, most other books kept it the same. Uh, but Steve Sands uh, joining us now. Uh, I want to talk college hoops with you, but I don't want to waste too much time because we got a huge tournament ahead of us. Starts tomorrow. Uh, so these are yep. these are the last second people who are going to be firing away. So let, let's just, I always like to keep it, 
just broad initially. It's the players. It's TPC Sawgrass. You know, who are the types of players, Steve, that thrive generally at this course? Well, the beauty of this event, guys, and everybody listening, the beauty of this event and the beauty of this golf course is anybody can win. You could be a power player or you could be kind of a mucker. And, and, and this week, with the weather conditions, the golf course is going to be a little bit soft, and it's going to be really windy on the weekend. Uh, it's going to be a lot of thunderstorms and rain uh, the next couple of days. Uh, it, it is an open bag. I, I think that there are a couple of guys who I like that are decent shots, and, and then one of them is a favorite, which I, you know you guys know me. I don't love to chalk too much, but uh, I think you have to put more cow in there because he's a great iron player, and this course is a precision type of course because there's so much water around. And I like the fact that Conor Morikawa comes in playing well, a little rested, uh, and is the best iron player on the PGA Tour. But I think the winner is going to be Shane Lowry. And that's a nice kind. It's not off the board, but he's certainly not, you know, one of the five or six or seven favorites. So I, I think there's some value in Lowry. Uh, there's some good money to be put on Morikawa. If you want to go deep, you know, deep into the long shots, I think the Italian Francesco Molinari has a good chance to play well this week. That's your guy. You love, you can't quit Francesco Molinari. Hey, man, the guy should have won the Masters when Tiger won it in 2019. All right, he rinsed his ball in 12, and then he was all kinds of mess. He was coming in as the open champion. I'm telling you, he's starting to play better. Look out, Molinari's going to contend at one of these big events coming up soon. I want to bring up a name real quickly. By yeah. the way, he looks like he should always be at a World Series of Poker table. Like. <laughs> Uh, we're talking to Steve Sands uh, from the Golf Channel. I want to bring up a name that that I've seen. Uh, we have a you know a Vsin Best Bets email that goes out uh, every night, and we've got some great golf handicappers. Uh, a name that's mentioned, and I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on him, Matt Fitzpatrick down there at the Players. Yeah. A couple people uh, on our network are, are curious about him, having him some some matchups, some top tens. Uh, what what are your yep. thoughts on Matt Fitzpatrick? Uh, I love him. I had him last week at Bay Hill. Uh, and he top 10, he, he was close to really getting right there to the finish line on Sunday. Matt is the kind of kid who the harder the conditions and the conditions will be very difficult this week, the better off he is. I think Matt is an excellent choice uh, this week. He's the kind of guy who plays very well when the course is hard, plays very well when it's windy. And, you know, it's supposed to be kind of stormy and windy and cold this weekend. And I, I think Matt Fitzpatrick has a chance. Uh, to perform very well here this week, no doubt about it. Talking once again to Steve Sands. Players Championship gets going. By the way, for those of you listening out here in Vegas, get your bets in now because this sucker will start at 3.40 our time. So wow. yes. you got to get them in now. This is this is your last-minute uh, refresh here on uh, on the players. Uh, so a, a guy that I, I've tried to fade a couple times after he won, and then uh, I've just been dead wrong. Every time I look at the leaderboard, Steve, Scotty Scheffler's there. So he's sitting yeah. at 20 to one, you know, plus 450 to finish top five, plus 225. So Scotty Scheffler seems like he's been having a hell of a year, especially he's got an outright win already. Uh, how does Scotty Scheffler's game uh, look at the, at the players? There's two things that happen to a player when he wins for the first time. Scotty's the best young player on the PGA Tour who had yet to win. And then he won five weeks ago in Scottsdale, four weeks ago in Scottsdale. And then he backed it up with another win last week at Bay Hill. Two really solid fields, really solid events, and two very different golf courses, one of them in the desert and one of them in Florida. 
So now you come here, which is a hybrid of them all uh, at Sawgrass, and he's the hottest player on the planet, and his confidence is just sky high. Sometimes when guys win, they kind of back away for a while. Other guys pile on with that victory. That's what Scotty's doing. I, I think Scotty, you know, his head is screwed on right. Um, he's not one of these guys who's going to go out and just go bananas for a couple of nights because he just won. And I think that Scotty is, is lined up for another good week this week. It'd be amazing to see him uh, contend again because it's just so hard to do that in golf, back-to-back weeks. Uh, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago on a text chain, Tim, mm-hmm. you and I back and forth. When a guy plays well, usually the next week he doesn't perform that great. Uh, that, that usually happens almost eight, nine out of ten times. Well, Scotty is hot, and, and he's riding that hot right now, and I, I think Scotty is going to come here and play well again. Are there any guys with, with the weather conditions, with this course, uh, that you think could be a long week for them? You know, maybe maybe notable names high up on the on the odds board. Are there any guys? I know you said that pretty much it, this this type of course, anybody can win, uh, but yep. just the way that they've been playing lately coming into this event – and, you know, with the conditions uh, looming there, anyone that you think is uh, is fadeable this week? Look, you know how much I love Rory McIlroy? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I love him. I don't know what it is about cold and wind, but he does not perform well in the wind. Now, Isn't he from he Ireland? Perform- <laughs> he is. He's from Northern Ireland, Sean. The weird thing is, Sean, he's from Northern Ireland, but he's he's – he grew up in the Tiger era playing a lot of amateur golf as a kid in America. He's, he plays more of an American game than a European game. Mm. And, I, and I think that Rory, I don't know why he doesn't play well in the wind. He never has. And it's going to be real windy this weekend. And, but you have to look at his record when the courses are soft and there's rain. And he's always performed well when it's soft and rainy. And the first two days are going to be soft and rainy. But the next two days are going to be cold and windy. And I do not like him uh, in, a, in a cold, windy spot. So, you know, if you're going to fade a favorite, uh, McElroy could very well be the leader or around the league Friday night, Saturday, going into the weekend uh, after 36 holes. But I, I, just, I just don't, unless you see him perform well in the wind and the cold, it's real tough to take him. And I, and I love the guy. Uh, he can win anywhere, anytime. Well, if I don't know what it is about the wind and cold that bothers him, but it does. Well, if it's any consolation, make sure you tell Rory that I don't play well when it's windy and cold. <laughs> I'll, let him, I'll, let him, I'll let him know. I'm sure it's going to really alter it. Uh, the Players' Championship gets rolling early tomorrow, so get your bets in now. Uh, I wanted to leave just one minute here. Your Terps tomorrow, yeah, Steve. Baby. This I, I this is this is what I would text you. This would be the text. Maryland, period. They're only a three point <laughs> underdog to Michigan State. They just lost by ten. Yeah, baby. I love it, man. Back to back games with the same team and the number is seven points the wrong way. I'll take the Terps. Mm, riddle me riddle me that. All right, before before we go, Rick Patino just got bounced. Uh, is he on the uh, the Lear jet to your alma mater there? I sure hope so. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, we got, we got Carson Wentz coming to town. Let's bring Patino to even it out. <laughs> hey, Steve, always Great appreciate stuff, you staying man. up late, man, with for us, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll be watching this weekend. All right, fellas. Be good. Good to talk to you all. There he is, Steve Sands from the Golf Channel. Great <laughs> stuff there. 
uh, like Shane Lowry has a bit of a long shot, nice. as does Mr. Humans. And so, Molinari. Yeah, keep that in mind. A crazy day in college basketball. We'll recap some of the highs and the lows. It's the nightcap. The Madness. This is the Nightcap on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. The KFC's chicken sandwich is served hot and straight from the fryer. That's why it's finger licking good. Order the KFC chicken sandwich today. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. I mean, <laughs> I I need to exclusively oh, bet just conference tournament futures because I'm feeling good about, like, Bryant came home, uh, Georgia State came home, uh, Chattanooga came home, Colgate, Gonzaga. Feeling good about those. Duke is uh, is looming out there for me. And then I... Bet Oregon State today. Worst team in the Pac-12. Hope you watch it. I like that. You know, I like that spot. They lose by 14. Don't cover. So what do I do? I'm a dope, and I'm sitting here, and I see that Kadari Richmond is going to play for Seton Hall, and I'm like, oh, let me let me lay the nine and a half with Seton Hall. Oh, you laid the number? Yeah. Oh, I took him on the money line. What am I? What am I? And I don't even know if that was the right They're play. They're getting their butts whipped right now. They're down 24 to 15. They're throwing up bricks left and right. Georgetown, by the way, did not win a game oh, 19. Yeah. in conference play, and they're up nine right now. Dumb. Yeah, yeah. That's dumb. Like, what, 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 what am I doing? I'm an amateur? I'm with you. Amateur hour. I'm with you. Sheesh. I am with you when you're right, buddy. Ugh. All right. Let's, uh, let's just kind of bounce around the day as I try to remove this awful taste from my mouth of just suckiness that is Seton Hall right now. Um What happened to Wake Forest? <laughs> I mean. Man, it was a couple games a day. Wow. Arizona State, Wake Forest, even oh. Nebraska. Even though they were a dog, like, I just don't know, like, what happened in the second half of a couple of these games. Like, it was almost like the team came out of halftime and just, I mean, this is the conference tournament. You know, if you lose, you're going home. Right. I mean, some of these teams are, you know, going to the NCAA tournament, but. Most of these teams play today aren't. And for Wake Forest, let's just look at that one, for example. I mean, they're they're laying 10. You know, they are a team that is very much on the bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this loss could be devastating to them. I, I just don't know. Georgetown is in another three. Do we do we go in game? I mean, is this is this really no. happening right no, now? I'm just gonna leave it alone. Well, you only have a money line. I, yeah. I feel like I need to get my money back here, or I'm just going to lose more. That's probably likely here. What is going on? Is, is, is Georgetown's like uh, Georgetown at the Garden? Yeah, that's right, Seton Hall fan. Or what? What? <laughs> uh, Georgetown is like uh, at the Garden, like uh, Rutgers at the Rack. Apparently, yeah, that's what it looks like. They can't lose at the Garden. What? So is Georgetown repeat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what were they? They were they were like. 300 to 1 to yeah, win the Big East? Yeah, it was East? a lot. Yeah. It was a big number. I mean, I don't think it'll happen, but hey. It was a big number. Uh, 
I think uh, I think Patrick Ewing would have to petition the uh, the NCAA to play all their home games at uh, at Madison Square Garden. So, um, by the way, UTEP won by ten. There yes, we go. That's good. Was able to get that one home. That's good. At least. I have UTEP. I just needed check that off. Here. So I had two games last night that we talked that I gave out on the show. It was UTEP minus one and a half. Mm-hmm. Oregon State. Ugh. And then props to you, Butler. Butler got it done. I liked him on the show. Didn't play it. I stayed away. Butler's one of those teams I just like. When I go against them, yeah, you said win, that last night. And then when I back them, like they just they don't play at all. So, and Xavier was up in that game. I remember looking, and Xavier was up significantly. And, and then all of a sudden, I, fi- I saw the final score. <laughs> I was like, wow, because it went to overtime. So wackiness is happening in the ACC. We talked about uh, Wake Forest as a ten-point favorite losing to Boston College. They were the five seed out. Uh, they Boston College will now play Miami which anyone who tailed or joined on the Duke future to win the ACC, I love that because now the top half of the bracket opens up. Oh, by the way, Syracuse, who looked like world beaters today, uh, Betty Beheim got suspended for the Duke game tomorrow. He did. Don't punch people. I- I'm sorry. That's I- fair. I-, I don't have sympathy. You know, I know J- Jay Billis came out saying it-, it shouldn't have been a suspension. There's ramifications for doing stupid things, and you can't sucker punch someone and get away with it. So the way that he he said because it eloquently wasn't called on the feet, well, on the floor, eloquently stated he was running up the court and swung his arm, uh-huh. and the Florida State player happened to be in the way. He apologized profusely, and uh, Wyatt, I think, is the guy's name, accepted his apology. Well, the. ACC said, we accept your apology, too, and we accept it so much that you will not play tomorrow. Yeah, he punched him. Yeah. <laughs> Sucker punched him. Can't, can't be doing that. He did. And, Sy- and Syracuse, it's unfortunate for them because this is what they do, right? This is this is when they shine, uh-huh. and now they got to go up against Duke without their you know top offensive player, and Duke went up to the Carrier Dome a couple weeks ago and laid it to him. So uh, Syracuse wins easily. Syracuse was a dog. They were. They were an underdog and they won by 39. They beat them bad. <laughs> uh, how about this game? You had a little taste and an action on this one. Virginia Tech, I was pulling hard oh, for Clemson. I had them on the money line. This Virginia thing. Tech, interestingly to note, interesting to note, they are the highest rated team per Ken Palm in the ACC outside of Duke. And they're the seventh seed in the ACC tournament. <laughs> Goes to show you what this conference is all about. I didn't about. understand Virginia Tech's body language. Like, they had a body language like this was like a preseason game. Like, there was no urgency. Like, I was just watching the – I'm watching the game like, wow. Like, they, they must don't like the coach. I mean, they don't like the uniforms. Like, they're ready to get back to Blacksburg. Like, they weren't playing like they wanted to win. That's what, that was a shocking part for me in some of these games was the lack of, like, elite effort. Yeah. You know, so I definitely, and I'm sure they'll come out next game and play, like, you know, the second best team in the ACC. But <laughs> today it wasn't there. I don't know if they were conserving themselves. Like, you know, we got to play four games, you know, in four days, so we can't put too much oh, out there. Yeah, so here's the thing. They're going to be a favorite tomorrow against Notre Dame. They're going to beat Notre Dame. Yeah, you said that before the year. Oh, it's a pick. That's surprising. Mm. I think the public will be on Notre Dame. And Virginia Tech will probably come out like gangbusters and win that game. <laughs> that, yeah, that number just hung there. Uh, Duke, by the way, a 13-point favorite 
over Syracuse. Yeah, get it now because it'll be 15 by tip tomorrow. So I, I just I want to say this because I have stated and I, I am on Duke to win the conference and I bet it at I bet it at a bad number before they lost to UNC minus 135 and then I rebet it at minus 120 and a lot of people said, well, why don't you just roll it over? You know, roll over parlay. You play mm-hmm. the money line. You just, you take that winnings and you roll it over because I I knew. I had a feeling the ACC would be like this. And the and Wake Forest being out, now Duke in all likelihood, they're a 13-point favorite tomorrow, probably going to get higher. You can't play money lines overnight. And then there'll be a double-digit favorite against Miami. And I don't know who the hell is going to come out of the bottom of the bracket. If it's UNC, they'll probably be Six. six-ish. Mm-hmm. And that's the highest it'll be, or the lowest it'll be. If it's Virginia Tech, if it's Notre Dame, if it's Notre Dame, it's eleven. If it's Virginia, it's 10 or 11. So that's why sometimes it's advantageous to do the, the rollover money line parlay. But in this particular instance, I said on the show, I didn't think it would be because I thought the volatility of this con, uh, conference would show. And that's exactly what happened with Wake Forest being bounced by Boston College. Yeah, that's what it looks like. And Boston College, who's to say they can't beat Miami tomorrow? <laughs> they could. I, I'm telling you, they're hot right now. Right, so I mean, who's to say? Um, let's go to a, another game. This one hurt both of us. Oh, yeah. Arizona State. I mean, I thought this was like a peacock. This was like a, a sit back, like mm, noon. Got a winner in the pocket. Arizona State was up by 14 points. 69 to 55, Sean. With two minutes and 45 seconds to go and lost in regulation. 16 to 1 run. How does that happen? Oh, my goodness. It's March, man. It is March. And uh, crazy things. I almost cried. <laughs> I just I couldn't believe it. I mean, it's good. I was like, wow. I mean, I, I've sent out Arizona State winning the Pac-12. Well, I'll say this. <laughs> Yesterday on the show, we, we put up that graphic, and you were de- deciding between UNC and Wake Forest. And I ultimately made Good the thing right you choice. picked UNC on that I one. I know, right? Good gracious. Um, yeah, and uh, one other note to pass along, uh, just from uh, uh, a crazy day. Rick Patino, he might be dancing on the golf course, but he ain't going to be dancing in the NCAA's this year. Uh, Iona is out. The top seed. 17 and 3 in conference play in the Mac Ack upset by Ryder wow as 11 and a half point underdogs Ryder gets it done Iona out out they're headed to the NIT Brad Evans top of the hour right here on the nightcap Get it. Get it.